This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever in the world you are, this is David Samuel with a special sode. Hello, everybody. I'm very pleased to welcome back uh, David Samuel. It's been a few weeks. I think the last time we spoke was during the French Open, but the two slams do follow each other pretty quickly. And David is at Wimbledon. Before we get into the match on Monday and also the match against Casper, which I don't want to say when it is because I don't know when it's going to be because of, of course, of the weather. How difficult is this spot that you're in as a coach, but also Liam as a player? not kind of knowing exactly what's going to happen. We're in the lap of the gods with the weather and also, uh, you know, so he's going to play Casper, but there's obviously he was probably hoping to play at some point today, but we now know it's going to be tomorrow, right? We hope it's going to be tomorrow. It's not 100% guaranteed that it's tomorrow because, I mean, right now the weather seems to be holding off. So it should be tomorrow, but if they don't get through a lot of matches, I mean, they're still... You know, first rounds from Monday to clear out. There's an outside chance that he doesn't play tomorrow. Liam's been around a while, and I think we're in a good place where we can stay relaxed about it. I don't think he feels like he needs to practice hours or on end, or you know that he, he needs to do anything special. And I think as the coach, you just got to be very relaxed about these days. I mean, I, he comes, does his stuff, and then then gets out of here, so he doesn't spend too much time at the club because that can be very, very tiring. You don't realize how tiring that is. And you can see, you know, young players when it's the first time they're here, they're very excited and they walk around a lot and they talk a lot and they see a lot of people. And, and by the time they get on the court, you know, they, there's, there's, there's not that much energy left. But you know, they all learn with experience that you just cannot be spending hours and hours around here and then perform well on court. Let's talk about Monday. Uh, sadly, I didn't get to see it because I was hoping to get in, but of course, uh, the queue was a bit of a mess on Monday. And uh, unfortunately, thousands of people couldn't really get in to see the tennis. Of course, it was rain interrupted as well. But actually for you as a coach, but also Liam as a player, you told me um, that one of the things that was, apart from just the win, the conditions were a little tricky, let's say. 
Yeah, I mean, the wind was, was very tricky. Uh, you know, the sun would come out a little bit and then, you know, then it feel like it's about to rain again. And uh, so it, it was it was blustery. And, and that makes it hard to, to get any rhythm when you play. And, of course, playing Lestian, who, you know, likes his slice, likes his drop shots, you know, injects pace, then he hits high. And he, he's, he's, he's a very awkward guy to play against, which is why he's done so well, uh, because he mixes pace and he mixes spin very, very well. I think Liam started extremely well and especially when he was put under pressure he uh was able to defend with some real pace i think that shocked lestian and in the first set i think lestian was basically in in a bit of shock at at, at the pace that that liam put towards him and and how much he came at it and that sort of set the tone for the match third set got a little tricky liam was up a yeah. break and 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 drop serve and I got a little uncomfortable then, for sure, uh, because, you know, Manorino is up a set and a break and dropped that break and then, you know, went on to lose that match. And, uh, you know, there's another couple of breaks in, the, in that set as well. So it, it got a little bit hairy. But luckily, uh, he was able to break and, and come through it and not go to a tiebreaker, which, again, is a bit of a lottery. So, you know, it's always... A real relief to win any match here in three straight sets and uh liam's not done that before so that yeah was, right uh, an added bonus. but i felt uh the same david when when he seeded that advantage in the third set you're thinking you know suddenly you know you're into a tiebreaker and it's uh you know it's a bit of a lottery of course um and suddenly before you know it a straight sets sort of comfortable victory is now going to be a fight but fortunately that didn't happen because uh, Liam then managed to break again. Having got broken, you're thinking, oh no, here we go into a yeah. tie break, especially bearing in mind it was like five all, I think, or four all. Yeah. And then, um, but then he got the break again, right? Yes, yes. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it coincided in this match, which is a little bit different from the Ema matches, is uh, Liam played well when he needed to. And uh, and maybe Lestian dropped off a little bit when when it got really tight. Whereas when he played Ema and Eastbourne, Ema played really well when he needed to, and and Liam made a few errors when it was really important not to. So it was almost like a mirror image the other way around. And luckily uh, <laughs> for this time, it was uh, in Liam's favour because momentum is a strange thing in tennis. And if you lose that third set and the guy you know, gets up an early break in the fourth, then it doesn't take that much to suddenly be in a fifth set. And exactly. that's why, you know, the margins are so small. It's, it's, you, you can never, you can never ever relax in this game. Absolutely. It, uh, remind, you know, it reminds me, David, of Michael Stich. I spoke to him last week about his Wimbledon win. And uh, in the final, he had a match point on Becker's serve. And he's thinking, I'm, I want to take this. I want to take it now because, yeah. you know, you stay on serve. You're suddenly maybe in a tie break. You lose that. And then, you know, people are talking about, you know, Becker's remarkable comeback potentially. And you don't want that risk to occur. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk to you a little bit about Liam's form going into the tournament because actually him being up a set and a break against Manorino. I mean, many of us left or, or, or look at the Queen's tournament and go, wow, Manorino, he's had a great tournament. He could be someone that we could be seeing go deep at Wimbledon, blah, blah, blah. 
But Liam was up a set and a break against him. And then, of course, he has the disappointment. And with a point for double break. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he missed, he missed a half volley to go three love. And okay. um, if he'd done that, uh, he, he, he would have won that match. I mean, I think he, he would have won in straight sets. Yeah. So, right. yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, Queens was, you know, I, I think a turning point. Liam had not played well on the grass up until Queens. Obviously, in doubles, he had done. But in singles, he just hadn't quite gotten going. And in the Manorino match, one of the things I said to him right after that match is, you put that level on the court and you'll, you'll win matches. You know, things can happen. Uh, because it, it was a good level, but because he hadn't been winning, I think uh, he just got a little bit nervous and, and wasn't able to quite put it, put it over the line. And of course, Manorino isn't easy to put over the line either because he's, uh, he's on grass, he's particularly difficult. So, you know, that match was potentially the start of a really good run. Didn't happen. And hopefully here, you know, uh, winning, winning that match is the start of a, a run here. I mean, obviously, he's got Casper Ruud, who's four in the world. <clears throat> but I feel, you know, on the grass that, uh, that it's everything to play for, really. And it'll be interesting to see, I suppose, in a way, curious to see how... Casper Rude's game stacks up against Liam because yeah. you know, you you never quite know until you get out on the court. You know, watching someone and watching video and, and, and stuff like that is and even watching them live against somebody else is not not necessarily always the picture that you're gonna see when when you actually play against them. Different players, David, entirely. Um, but if this match was was on clay we probably have different expectations. Uh, certainly, um, the the watching audience, but also the media as well. Um, but I'm also thinking Diego Schwartzman as well, former top ten player, huge threat on clay, and yet that was somebody that Liam managed to beat in five sets. I think it was last year. Um, yes. I th is there a sort of a similar feeling going into this Casper match that if this was on clay or maybe even a hard court, this would be a tall order. But here we are. We're in the second round at Wimbledon. Liam's just had a very good straight sets win. Casper uh, came through, albeit I think he dropped a set. Um, but it's on grass, which maybe levels the playing field a little bit in terms of where Liam's at on grass and Casper's on grass. Definitely. I'm very comfortable going into this match and feel that it's a match that Liam definitely can win and and that it's you know an awkward match for Casper. For and I agree. I mean, if it was on clay... I think you'd be looking at a real uphill battle. On hard court, I'd still feel like Liam has a shot, and and definitely on grass for sure. I mean, Liam is is a pretty experienced campaigner now on grass and has you know good pedigree here. But at the David. end of the day, you know, it's <laughs> on the day you have to see what Kasparud brings to the court as well. It's not yeah. just what Liam brings to the court. I mean, what what we do know from Casper is what he will bring is an incredible. Uh, forehand and one that we see extremely potent, especially on the clay surface and the amount of uh, top spin he gets. Is that something that 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 you talk to Liam about? Uh, you know, whether it be whether it be Casper's forehand or whether it be uh, I don't know other players. You know, Medvedev and serve and volley tactic against him perhaps, or, or or other players. Do you and and Liam have these kind of discussions, or do you probably focus a bit more on Liam's game? 
focus a little bit more on, on Liam's game, but definitely I will collect the stats and look at things. And then I will paint a picture for Liam that, that says, look, you know, this is what he does well, this is what you do well. And if you execute certain things well, which I'm not going to say here, mm. uh, that's going to be very awkward for him. And give him, you know, just a couple of things to really focus on. That's going to make it awkward for Casper. And then, well, then you just wait and see, you know, what happens. Because, I mean, tennis matches take a life of their own. And the good thing about five sets, if you start poorly, you've got time to recover. You know, if you start really well and then you lose your way a little bit, you can always find it again. And if you start well and keep going, then, you, you know, you, you can win a really tough match in straight sets. I mean, yeah. It can be really, really horrible, tough points, really difficult and work really, really hard to win in straight sets. You know, I'd say straight sets is not straightforward. Good. Um, when it comes to uh, something like the forehand that is such a powerful weapon from from Casper, is it is it maybe slightly less potent on the grass or, 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 or how does that work? I mean, I'm, I'm also thinking of other people that have got demon forehands, particularly on the clay with all these revolutions. But do the revolutions and the top spin, are they a little bit less effective on grass? Um, well, the good thing is the ball doesn't get up as much. Exactly. So it's, it's easier to lean onto the pace. So if the ball's fizzing through and, and you know, if it gets up around shoulder height it's it, it's quite heavy and hard to play yeah and and you maybe feel like you you either have to take it a bit earlier which means the feet have to you know work very very hard to take it before it gets up or retreat and if you retreat then um you know obviously you, you you're giving away real estate which is not a great thing either so i'd say the 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 the, the good thing on the grass is is because the ball's not getting up so high you know, especially on, on Liam's backhand, he can lean on, on that pace and deflect it back quite easily. That that definitely would be very, very helpful. Um, and when he goes, you know, big inside-out forehand, it's going into Liam's forehand. And if Liam stays brave, and Liam can hit some serious pace off his forehand now as well. So, you know, he's going to have to... And, you know, I've said to Liam, he's going to have to be brave to win this match. Yeah. I mean, of course, you highlighting that, that, that cross court as well. I'm also thinking of the fact, of course, Liam is, is left-handed. Sometimes I, I forget that, but that's uh, that's something to consider as well. Um, what worked well, do you think, against Lestian uh, from Liam's perspective? He returned very well. He returned very deep, uh, which made it Lestian, unless he served very well, was working hard to hold serve all the time. So he, he returned with some high, high quality. I think uh, I think his feet were particularly good on the day, uh, especially when the ball's a little bit short. He was onto it very fast, which cut down the time. Uh, and you know he, he had some great early backhands line, which uh, really hurt him. Especially in the third set when it got a little bit tricky. He came out of one service game from I think 15:40 uh, and served very very well to 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 come out of that game. And I think it was a game that. Had he lost it, the third set would have been maybe gone. So in the right moments, he served well as well. He didn't serve particularly well all match, and his percentage of first serve was 52%. But once, uh, in, in some key moments, he had some really good serves that got him out of trouble, which was helpful. 
One more before you go. I want to know about Liam on the grass and what makes him maybe a bit more of a threat, uh, for example, compared to the clay. But but just talking, accentuating his grass court game. Uh, why is it that we've seen in the last 12 months in particular some very impressive performances and results? I think his backhand is very difficult for people on the grass. Uh, similar to Manorino, it stays very low and he can take it very early. I think the ability to still get some good height on his forehand and some good lefty spin into the, the, the backhand of opponents uh, with better length the last two years has really helped. He's also very, very adept at switching to slice if he has to and blocking returns if he has to. So he can get out of trouble with some really awkward slices that he, he can put back into the court at keep him alive in points where he maybe ought to be out of them. So I think his defensive skills with both two backhand and the slice and the ability to also block the forehand uh, means that it's it's just very, very hard to to you know hit him off the court. David, big thanks for you to join us. We can hear some balls being hit and, and struck with uh, a little bit of venom in the background, which nice adds a bit of colour to this uh, interview. So a big thanks to you, David, and good luck, whether it be tomorrow or Friday. Fingers crossed it's tomorrow. Oh, I do have to check one more thing. Uh, I, we still yeah. don't know the schedule, do we, yet for tomorrow? No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah. I mean, is uh, there, is, do you know the late. likelihood of a court, at least? No, because because the rain has messed things up so much. I mean, I would have thought court one or three, but right now I feel like uh, it could be even like two or 18. It just depends how much they get through today. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I mean, it's starting to... you got blue sky on one side and you've got a really heavy gray cloud on the other side. So hopefully it, it stays dry because they need to get through some some matches today i think if, if it rains again there's a there, there's a decent chance he doesn't play tomorrow yeah we're scheduled right. very late and i don't know what the weather forecast for tomorrow is like but um i think it's uh, getting better tomorrow and friday the problem is it might return like this on saturday right because uh it i mean the 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 danger is it starts to back things up and and having to play maybe a singles and doubles on the same day oh yeah right if you're in the doubles yeah true yeah which i mean him and johnny have obviously had a really good run yeah uh winning serbiton and finals of nottingham and really they were up a, a break against dodic and krychik and eastbourne in the second set Ooh. and had a horrendous call to lose a deuce point uh, to you know, to be five three up against them. So you know they're playing some seriously good doubles. So yeah. uh, hopefully you know he can get a run in both. Um, but it gets difficult when you have to play both on the same day. Absolutely. I mean, because also don't forget, of course, one is a best of five. It's difficult enough to play two matches on the same day when they're both best of three. But if one is best of five, then it gets even trickier. David, um, yeah. big thanks, and uh, whether it be tomorrow or Friday, good luck. Thank you. And uh, had he played today, he would have been playing on my birthday. So. Oh, okay. So, so you when is your, birth is your birthday tomorrow then? No, no, no. Your birthday's today. My birthday's today, yeah. Oh, sorry, David. Well, happy, happy uh, youngish birthday, David. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 62 years young.
62 years of and fingers crossed, Liam, uh, who may have forgotten to give you a present, uh, bearing in mind sometimes he can be a little bit forgetful. But fingers <laughs> crossed he doesn't forget to deliver the victory, uh, whether it be tomorrow or Friday. Yes, that would be the best present for sure. Indeed. Thanks, David. Take care. Bye. Podcast Network.